It's time to get your news on. We are VK1 WIA. And getting it on in the newsroom this week, I'm Graham VK4BB, editor for the WIA National News. We'll hear from WIA Vice President and Director Lee Moyle, VK3GK, and ACMA's latest news. Also from Clive, VK6CSW, with RAOTC News. And when Clive dropped us the note this week, he also pointed out that Sunday today is the 84th anniversary of the declaration of World War II, a time he says he remembers all too well. In fact, London got a little bit noisy in the 40s. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. This is WIA Vice President Lee Moyle, VK3GK. Firstly, wishing all the DX dads a happy Father's Day and hoping that all-time new one does LOTW. Earlier this week, our friends at ACMA released their latest update on the proposed amateur radio qualification and assessor accreditation arrangements. In May 2023, ACMA advised that the Australian Maritime College, AMC, had decided not to extend its deed for services related to amateur qualifications and callsign recommendations. The ACMA plans to deliver these services from February 2024. ACMA would consult on the proposed new arrangements for an ACMA-managed scheme in August 2023. ACMA are now consulting on proposed arrangements for a new amateur radio qualification framework and assessor accreditation scheme to be managed by the ACMA, and they propose to start implementing these arrangements in December 2023, so they are in place when the amateur class licence begins in February 2024. To support the ACMA's new functions, ACMA proposed to introduce new fees for issuing ACMA recognition certificates, assessing applications for recognition of prior learning and issuing call signs. The fees proposed are similar to the current AMC fees for these services. A full outline of these fees and how they have been calculated is contained in their draft 2023-24 fees for serviced cost recovery implementation statement which is also open for consultation. ACMA invite comments from stakeholders on both consultations by 5pm Australian Eastern Standard Time, Tuesday the 26th of September 2023. Update, Scientific Licensing Guidelines. ACMA are also publishing information to support the consideration of applications for assigned scientific licences to authorise certain higher power experimentation used by amateurs. The updated Scientific Apparatus Licences guidelines will provide further information about using and applying for Scientific Apparatus Licences, including for the use of high-power amateur stations. ACMA will let us know when these guidelines are published on the ACMA's website. Response to Submissions, September 2022 Consultation. ACMA have considered the submissions made during the September 2022 consultation on proposed class licensing arrangements and the proposal for staged implementation of high-power authorisation for amateur operators. ACMA's response to submissions outlines what they heard from stakeholders in the consultation and ACMA's answers, outcomes and next steps. An important clarification is in the previous ACMA update on the 19th of July 2023 
ACMA advised of proposed changes to amateur access in the 50 to 52 megahertz and 3.4 to 3.6 GHz frequency bands. This was incorrect as the changes were implemented in accordance with the Radio Communications Licence Conditions, Amateur Licence, Omnibus. Amendment Instrument 2023 No. 1. These amendments commenced on the 14th of July 2023 and changed amateur operators' access in the 50 to 52 megahertz and 3.4-3.6 gig bands. This means that standard class operators have had full access to the full 6 metre band from July the 14th. More information on the overseas class licence and associated operating permits for amateurs visiting Australia can be found on the WI website news section and the ACMA website. Last week, WIA Secretary and Director Peter Clee, VK8ZZ, announced the appointments to several volunteer positions including the Technical Advisory Committee, Ross Hole Contest Manager, Spectrum Strategy Committee and the QSL Bureau. This week, the Board are pleased to confirm the following appointments to the Youth of the Air Team, or YOTA. YOTA Coordinator Steve Kennedy, VK6SJ. YOTA Deputy Coordinator Alec Cherry, VK2APC. The Board of the WA congratulates Steve and Alec and looks forward to them promoting Yoda activities to both existing and aspiring amateurs alike. The Wireless Institute was well represented at the Tokyo Ham Fair on the weekend of the 19th and 20th of August. Ham Fair attendees usually number around 30,000 for the weekend function. This year the DX Seminar and DX Dinner were held on the Saturday night with many JA and international hams attending. WIA past and present directors attending Hamfair included Peter Young, VK3MV, WIA Life Member and past WIA Director and past IARU Region 3 Director, Chris Platt, VK5CP, past WIA Director, Oscar A's, VK3TX, JK1TYB, who is the current IARU Region 3 Director and past WIA Director, and myself, Lee Moyle, VK3GK, JK1UIR, current WIA Vice President. Discussions on numerous topics were had with IARU President Tim Allum, VE6SH, Mart's President, Mode, Nine Mike, Two India Radio, and several other International Society members. IARU had their annual meeting in Tokyo on the same weekend where the JA winner of the IARU contest is given the plaque sponsored by the WIA. That's it for now. 7-3 from Lee, VK3GK. We are VK1WIA. Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. Now, contest-wise, the luck of the Irish. IRTS SSB Field Day this weekend. Activity will focus on SSB phone contacts in the 3.5, 7, 14, 21 and 28 MHz bands. October, Oceania DX Contest. Phone, the first full weekend in October, 0600 hours UTC Saturday to 0600 hours UTC Sunday. CW, second full weekend in October from 0600 hours UTC Saturday to 0600 hours UTC Sunday. November, VHF UHF Spring Field Day, 25-26 November. 0100 hours UTC Saturday to 0059 hours UTC Sunday. But to make it a little fairer in VK6, they had three hours on the start and end times. Dex window, September. VI-10 VKFF running all year celebrates the 10-year anniversary of the VKFF group. VK90AR for Amateur Radio Magazine. October 2023, next month, 
CSUWIA celebrating 90 years of continuous publishing of amateur radio magazine. The WIA will be running the BK90 hour activity until December 31. Special event station VI100MB all year celebrates the centenary of the Manny Warringah Radio Society. New Year, E6AM from October 10 to 23. CW, SSB, FT8 and maybe some radio on 166 metres. QSL via Club Logs OQRS. Preferred, LOTW, or via LZ1GC, Direct, or Bureau. Kazoo, M0CFW, JK3GAD, will again be active from Rodriguez Island as 3B9KW during the CQWWCW contest, November 25-26. Activity before, after contest, November 19 to December 1, as 3B9 stroke M0CFW, QSL via LOTW. Taiwan, BM0 QSO until December 31, mostly using digital modes. QSL via BM2 JCC. Norway, LA100K is the special call sign in use by the Academesque Radio Club LA1K to celebrate the 100th anniversary of its foundation. It is the oldest amateur radio club in Norway. The special call sign will be in use until the 31st of December. Luxembourg. LX90RTL is in use to celebrate the 90th anniversary of Radio Luxembourg's first longwave broadcast. Listen for the call sign on the HF bands on SSB, CW, digital modes and via satellite. All QSOs will be confirmed automatically via the DARC Bureau. For BK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inninger. From here, there and everywhere, you've tuned to the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. We are VK1WIA. Now with international news, Jason, VK2LAW. Hello, and international news is with thanks to IARU, RSGB, RAC, ARRL, NZART, EHAM, Amateur Radio Newsline, RadioWorld.com and the worldwide sources of the WIA. In news from Region 1, IARU Region 1 will hold its next general conference from the 1st to the 4th of November in Serbia. Topics include general reports, organisational and budget proposals, the new HF band plan, VHF, UHF and SHF changes, and consideration of the WRC23 and the World Radio Communications Conference, which follows shortly afterwards. Other themes include strategic projects and progress, accommodating digital technologies, contests, EMC, and other spectrum matters. It's been announced that the UK will hold the world's first summit on artificial intelligence safety in November. The AI Summit will be held at the iconic Bletchley Park, which is one of the birthplaces of computer science. To news from Region 2, the meeting of the International Amateur Radio Union Region 2 Executive Committee met virtually on August 2nd, with Region 2 President and Area A Director George Gorsline, Victor Echo 3 Yankee Victor presiding over the meeting. A major topic of discussion was the status of the Region 2 preparations for the upcoming WRC 23, which will be held in Dubai in November. Region 2 representation at CITEL and CTU meetings were reviewed and plans were confirmed for representation at the WRC. 
Members of the Champlain Valley Amateur Radio Club gathered last weekend at the Atlas F Missile Silo in Champlain to make the first silo-to-silo radio contact there since the 1960s. The original goal was to just set up and test our equipment, Matt Prey, CVARC Second Vice President, said. But, as it turns out, I found out about a group through my friend out in Texas who was doing a similar event at an Atlas F-missile site there, so we decided we were going to try to make contact. Silo-to-silo contact. The group set up a 15-metre antenna suspended between two poles and utilised two custom-built radios operated by Prey and Mark Varon, president of the club, in effort to make contact with an operator at an Atlas site in Texas. We thought it would be a unique thing not only to set up and test here, but this might be the first time there's been any silo-to-silo contact since the Cold War of the 60s, Prey said. Diane Sutter is set to receive the 2023 National Radio Award from the National Association of Broadcasters this USA fall. Diane is the founder and dean of the NAB Leadership Foundation's Broadcast Leadership Training Program a 10-month MBA-style course designed to teach aspiring broadcast owners and senior-level executives, particularly women and people of colour, the fundamentals of purchasing, owning and running successful radio and television stations. Nearly 400 broadcasters have graduated from BLT since its inception 24 years ago. In an inspiring show of camaraderie, a tight-knit ham radio community of YouTubers rallied around Renee 6, Kilo Romeo 5, Sierra India X-Ray, August 18, as she undertook a heart-stopping parachute jump on behalf of her husband, Vern 6, Kilo Victor 5, Sierra India X-Ray, Vern, who has already completed 14 jumps. Renee was able to jump in tandem with the well-known parachute mobile ham operator Kilo Delta 9 Oscar Lima November Carlos. KD9 OLN agreed to the jump and assisted Renee in completing this daring achievement from 12,800 feet. This achievement has been recognised globally and showcases the power of unity and determination within the adventurous amateur radio community. What makes this achievement even more astonishing is that Renee's successful jump led her to become one of only five people worldwide to establish a QSO under such extreme circumstances. Her first of three contacts during the Canopy 246-second descent was to her husband Vern, KV5SIX. You can find out more about KD9OLN on his YouTube channel. For VK1 WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. I'm Linda, VK7QP. Howden Crystals. Barry McCann from Taz Maritime Radio dropped a box of crystals off at the Reist Club Rooms in Hobart the other day and Justin, VK7TW, went through them and found a couple of FT243 holder Max Howden branded crystals. This sparked his interest to find out more as this name is well known to many VK amateurs. The following is sourced from the Radio Museum website. Walter Francis Maxwell Howden, 1899 to 1980, made the first successful two-way amateur telegraphic shortwave radio contact between Australia and the US on November 4th, 1924, followed by England nine days later. 
This was from the experimental station VK3BQ he operated at his residence in Box Hill, Melbourne. In 1924, he worked as a consulting engineer for Corbett, Durham & Co., designing tunophone radios. After a visit by Alf Traeger and Dr. John Flynn of the Royal Flying Doctor Service in 1930, he agreed to manufacture and supply crystals for Traeger Flying Doctor radios. This was the start of his business, which he operated from his home. As business increased, he built a workshop factory in his backyard. Initially, the crystals were hand-ground, and he later invested in a lapping machine. His staff were mainly family, and he supplied the military with crystals during World War II. He supplied crystals to industry and radio amateurs until he retired in the 1970s, with his son taking over the business, which he ran until the 1980s. Rewinding here on the WIA National News, this has been Linda, VK7QP. From here, there and everywhere, you've tuned to the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. We are VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with Cole, VK3GTV. Hello, first up it's Worldwide Special Interest Group News, Summits on the Air, Worldwide Flora and Fauna Program, Parks on the Air and other adventure groups. Poter in the 1940s. Not only did these park activators need steer clear of foxes and drop bears, but a heavily armed group intent on tracking these ops down. Half reenactment and half actual footage, Churchill's Secret Agents is a five-part documentary available on Netflix and Episode 4 details the most training received by SOE agents and discusses the advantages of CW over voice comms for field operation. What makes it pertinent to POTA is the role of these SOE radio operators, their value and typical short longevity when deployed, the suitcase, portable rigs they used, accurate discussion of the value of Morse code, the German triangulation slash hunting of the transmitters, etc., including working their radios out in the woods, including wire antennas tossed into the trees. Sound familiar? Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, Teams Hack U.S. Air Force Satellite in Space Cyber Security Contest. The United States Air Force has successfully concluded its pioneering HackerSat competition. Emerging triumphant was the Italian Consortium, a fusion of five Italian cyber research teams whose accomplishment netted them the coveted first-place position and a princely sum of $50,000. The essence of the competition was the penetration of Moonlighter's protective layers, enabling participants to override the satellite's predetermined scope of observation targets. Successful teams then wielded the power to direct the satellite's lens towards desired focal points on the Earth's surface, capturing images that were subsequently relayed back to ground stations as proof. Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA, Galway Radio Experimenters Club Annual D-Expedition to Inishboffin Island has been heard on air, and they pack up today, the 3rd of September. Inishboffin Island has an area of approximately only 12 square kilometres and is situated offshore some 7 kilometres northwest of Clifton County, Galway. EJ4GRC is their station, and IOTA number is EU121. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Maritime, including ILLW News. 
Recently, we saw the 26th Annual International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend event take place with 409 stations listed in 42 countries. The USA was just ahead of Germany with 65 entries to 62, closely followed by Australia with a respectable 40. There were some good DX contacts to be made with Gibraltar, Trinidad, Iceland and Guernsey to name a few. The relaxed nature of this two-day event seems to appeal to Oz amateurs as we only have 400 lighthouses, most of which are inaccessible, yet 10% of them were activated over the weekend. The ILLW is unique in that it's not a contest or an award, it's free and logs are not required. It's an opportunity to go portable and show the public what amateur radio and lighthouses are all about. Give it a try next year and let us here at WIA National News also know of your activation plans so we can give you a free plug. Those listening in VK4 or via Tony VK7AX's site will have a full report on an activation of Grassy Hill Light, also known as Cooktown Light, an active lighthouse located on Grassy Hill above Cooktown, Queensland, on the south side of the entrance to Endeavour River. And while still in Maritime, from that only VK club that told us beforehand they were going to activate a light. Hi all, this is Nathan, VK5DAD from the South Coast Amateur Radio Club. On the weekend of the 19th and 20th of August, we participated in the Lighthouse Lightship Weekend from Point Malcolm. We made 195 contacts on HF and worked 22 countries. The highlight of my weekend was a contact made with Brian, VK5BK, at 103 years young. On Thursday the 7th of September at 7.30pm at our club rooms, Seaford Meadow Scout Hall Railway Parade, we have a tech talk by Paul, VK5PAS, on the recent trip to Truebridge Island. We'd love to see you there. On the 23rd and 24th of September, the South Coast Amateur Radio Club are looking to hold a foundation course with exam. Please contact Mike, VK5ZC, at skark.org.au. 73s, and hope to catch you on the air soon. This has been Nathan, VK5DAD, from the South Coast Amateur Radio Club. Thanks, Nathan, VK5DAD. A great call sign for today being Father's Day here in VK. Worldwide special interest groups, radio amateur old-timers. With the latest RAOTC news, it's over to Clive, VK6CSW. Reminding you that the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia's September Bulletin goes to air tomorrow. Frequency change. Eastern States listeners are reminded that the 00 hours UTC transmission is now on 28.450 MHz. Full details of this change plus all other broadcast times can be found on the club website or just Google RAOTC Broadcasts. WA listeners are reminded of the experimental transmission on 28.450 MHz scheduled for 2pm Perth time tomorrow afternoon. This month, instead of the usual broadcast, we're offering an interesting historical broadcast from 2001 by Alan Doble, VK3AMD. The latest news information will be broadcast next month. Everyone, RAOTC members and non-members alike, is most welcome to listen to the program and join in the callbacks afterwards. If none of the transmission times suit you, you can download the audio file at any time from today from the club website. The next lunchtime meeting for members and friends of the RAOTC in Perth 
is on Tuesday, September the 12th at the Woodbridge Hotel, East Guildford, starting at 11.30. 7.3 from Clive, VK6CSW. Thanks, Clive. So, once again, tune in tomorrow for the September ROTC Bulletin. Enjoy the program and please join in the callbacks afterwards. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Radio Scouting. Jota, Jamboree on the Air is always held on the third weekend in October, so for 2023, that's October 20 to 22. Alec, VK2APC, has the details. Thank you, Cole. First Yes Cub Scouts had a communications activity on Wednesday night, 23rd of August. There was a lot of pre-planning and coordination that went into getting amateurs lined up to answer the Cubs HF calls on the chosen frequency. The call went out to the Wagga Amateur Radio Club and the Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club for volunteers to assist. Pete, VK2PET, gave a briefing to the Cubs before the activities on the radio started. This brief included behaviour expected around in the radio room, who they will be in contact with, radio operating protocol and a tour of VK2 PET's car that is full of radios. Cubs came in groups of two or three to have a quick chat with either Phil, VK2NE, or Michael, VK2AMF. In the radio room, Don, VK2XDT, was at the microphone with VK2PET, Stacy, VK2SJC, and Jenny, VK2TOT, helping out in the background. The Cubs used the call sign VI100YSG to celebrate the 100 years of YAS scouting. The Cubs asked quite a few good questions of VK2NE and VK2AMF. Both of these gentlemen were very patient with the Cubs, which helped greatly to make this a fun event for the Cubs to get their communications badge and a lead to Joda slash Jody in October. Yes, Scout Group sends a big thanks to everyone who helped out at the event with making this event a success, including a special thanks to VK2NE and VK2AMF, and to the other operators on backup on the local 2 meter repeaters. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Alec, VK2APC in Sydney. Thanks, Alec, and by the way, congratulations on joining VK's Yota Coordinator, Steve Kennedy, VK6SJ, as the Yota Deputy Coordinator. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio, when all else fails. After 18 months of preparation, the Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club, Barrick, is currently partway through the community-focused emergency communications exercise, Operation Radar. The rapid deployment of amateur radio created to fill a critical gap in emergency planning by providing communications resources to bushfire evacuees and regional administrators when electricity, mobile phone networks and internet have failed. Commencing at 7am today, Sunday the 3rd of September, eight bushfire places of last resort around the city of Bendigo are currently being activated with standalone field radio stations linked to the Barrick headquarters at Bendigo East Hall and to outlying stations up to 300 kilometres away. An important correction about our story last week, when we reported the Barrick exercise was thought to be the first of its kind in Australia, and have since learned that there have been in fact some similar amateur radio exercises conducted in Australia, some during actual emergencies. Barrick thanks those for setting the record straight, and congratulates all amateur radio clubs and individual operators for their contributions assisting communities in need. Operation Radar is being conducted via the VK3 RCV repeater in central Victoria and on 40 metres, 7.115 MHz. 
and will conclude shortly before 1300 hours today. A video of the exercise will be made available on the Barrick YouTube channel at a later date. And that's it from me for this week. I'm Cole, VK3GTV, wishing all the dads a happy Father's Day. On the social scene, September 9, VK4, it's Sunfest. It's put on by the Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club and is held at Mountain Creek State School. And the 14th of September is the next Hunter Radio Group meeting. It'll be held at the Electronic Section at Newcastle TAFE. With more again this week, something special, and here's Graham, VK2FA. If you've ever used Acolink, and no matter where you live anywhere in the world, you're invited to a special talk here in Australia by the ham who created it. Jonathan Taylor, K1RFD, who developed Echolink, the voiceover internet protocol network for linking repeaters and amateurs, will be guest of the Hunter Radio Group, VK2AWX, in Newcastle on the 14th of September. Echolink has global reach of nearly half a million radio amateurs. For those who cannot attend a talk in person, Amateur Radio New South Wales will provide a link via Zoom where Jonathan will deliver his talk remotely. Jonathan, a resident of Connecticut, USA, was inducted into the CQ magazine Amateur Radio Hall of Fame in 2005. The program will take place between 1800 and 2200 Australian Eastern Standard Time. The Zoom link can be found in the text version of this newscast. For the Hunter Radio Group and WIA National News, I'm Graham, VK2FA. And finally, in VK2 again, it's Sarkfest, September 23 at 8am. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.